Boss Uncaged is a weekly podcast that releases the origin stories of business owners and entrepreneurs as they become uncaged trailblazers. In each episode, our hosts, S.A. Grant and guests construct narrative accounts of their collective business journeys and growth strategies. Learn key success habits and how to stay motivated through failure, all while developing a boss uncaged mindset. Break out of your cage and welcome our host, S.A. Grant. Welcome, welcome back to Boston Cage Podcast. So our guest today is coming live from the UK, and we just had a whole conversation uh, like about her name. So for right now, her name is going to be Kay, but she'll obviously tell you the full details of her name. And every guest that I have on the show, I always have a, a fun opportunity to give them a nickname. So I'm going to nickname her the Uncensored Boss, and she's going to tell you why very shortly. So the floor is yours, Kay. Who are you? Awesome. So my name is actually Kalpna Sutha, but I go by K Sutha because there's been so many people that have been having difficulty with pronouncing my name, right? So I thought, let's make it easier for everybody and just call myself K. Um, I am the CEO and founder of a company called Uncensored Society. Um, it's not a porn site. I promise you that a lot of people have asked me that and it's not. <laughs> okay. But if that gets you going to my website and intrigues you, then please go ahead and do so, but you will not find any of the sort. Um, what it is, is the type of coaching I give to people and my coaching is um, all business related. Um, and I coach people on five main pillars of business. That's crucial in any business, whether it's online or it's a brick and mortar business hmm. and that's sales marketing, finance, operations, and leadership. Now, I do have elements in there about mindset because it is very crucial, especially if you come from an employee mindset and go on to a business owner mindset is completely different. And when you're scaling also your business, you know, you need to make sure that your mental state of mind is is growing with you as well as your business and that you're able to kind of as a business owner, you've got to be creative and think outside the box, mm-hmm. right? So we go into all those kinds of things as well. And also having, I say balance, career and life balance, but it's more of creating harmony with everything that's going on, right? Because mm-hmm. I don't think that you can create an equal balance with everything that's going on because you've got things shooting from you from all different places, right? All different mm-hmm. angles, but it's making sure that everything that you do have, have got going around in your business and personal life that is all in harmony hmm. nice nice so let's talk about about you a little bit more right so if if it seems like you have multiple different principles and right? I mean, you're pulling things in from the operation side you're pulling in things from uh, a c-level side you're pulling in things from a marketing side like th- that's that's a lot of different things to juggle and i definitely commend you for taking that journey but if you could define yourself in three to five words what three to five words would you choose Oh, three to five words. Three words, raw, real, and relentless. Nice. Nice. So going off of the, the relentless part, right? Like, like, just talk about, like, your journey a little bit. Like, obviously, you're, you're, you're overseas. You're, you're in UK. Like, where did your journey start? Like, did you wake up on a random Tuesday as, as a, a kid and say, hey, I want to be an executive coach? Like, how did that come to fruition? Oh, my goodness. No, so I feel like that everything that's happened to me in my entire life has all been an accident, <laughs> right? And people say there's never an accident. There's always a reason for why things happen. Mm. Believe it or not, before I even joined this industry and starting my you know, own online business, I was actually a police officer in London. 
right? For six and a half years, that's all I knew. And even that, I applied as a joke, complete joke. I didn't think I would even get in, right? And what's so funny that you can't see on Zoom or, you know, on a podcast or anything like that, but when I tell people this on a live event, their jaws drop. And the reason for that is because I'm only four foot 11, hmm. right? <laughs> so people are like, how the hell did you get into the police force? Like, isn't there a height restriction? I was like, no, that's called discrimination, hmm. right? Hmm. And so um, I was doing this for six and a half years. And one day I woke up one morning, went to the shower. As soon as the hot water touched my skin, it just started burning. My skin was on fire. I jumped out, went to have a look in the mirror, and I found out that my entire body had come out in a rash. Hmm. I didn't know where that came from, how that happened, because the night before, I went to sleep perfectly fine. And so I rushed to the hospital, had all these tests and exams done to find out what was going on with me. And I remember at the end of all of that, I sat down in the doctor's consultation room, waiting for him to come in to give me my results. Hmm. And when he walked in, he looked straight at me and he goes, you're lucky you got here when you did. <laughs> so I said, wow, what's going on? What's happened? And he goes, if you didn't get here when you did, your throat would have closed up. <laughs> and so at that point, I was like, holy crap, what if my throat closed up when I was asleep? I would never have seen the next day. And so I continued asking him, why did this happen? What is going on? How can I fix this? And he goes, this type of rash is caused by being overly stressed. Mm. So I didn't realize how much my job was actually stressing out my entire body, right? Physically, mentally, emotionally. And it makes sense because when you're in that job, all you're doing is chasing bad guys and it's all negativity and all bad things. You never, ever hear good news. Right. The good news would be, oh, we caught that rapist. Right. Mm -hmm. That's the best news that we would get. But again, that's very negative. Mm -hmm. And so even though I did enjoy doing it, I knew that I had to make some changes because this isn't working for me anymore. Mm -hmm. And by I've spoke to people about this several times on my journey. And so many people have had similar stories. And so when I, I just decided that, you know what, I can't do this anymore. I don't have a plan B because I wasn't expecting this, right? Mm -hmm. But I had to quit. And I left my job not knowing what I was going to do next, but knowing that I had enough money for the next six months to figure this out. Hmm. And like most people, I kind of went, it would be kind of nice to be my own boss, mm. <laughs> right? But not knowing what kind of business, what product or service that I would want to be selling. Oh. And so at that point, that's when I kind of went along this entrepreneurial journey to figure out what it was that I really wanted to do. And it was so funny because the minute I quit the police force, all of a sudden, all these doors started opening for me and all these opportunities were coming my way. And I was like, hold on a second. So all I had to do was quit my job. Why did no one tell me that? <laughs> right? <laughs> right? I would have done it years ago. But there's always a time and a place. Oh. Right? So I guess I had to be in that situation for a period of time to learn. And I realize this now reflecting back to learn um, to appreciate the good. Because I've seen so much of the bad oh. and the negative that goes around in the world. 
that I guess I needed to see that in order to appreciate the good that was coming towards me, right? And so this is where I kind of jumped in these different opportunities that were coming my way and there was it was just ridiculous. I would jump from one thing to another to another to another, everything being completely different. But what did happen is I came to a realization that I really want to work in live events. I don't know what it was about it, but I was like, that's what I really want to do. I didn't have no qualifications. I had no experience in it. I don't know how it was going to happen, but I was like, I'm going to work in events. I'm going to be international and people are going to know me. And that was my intention. And no word of a lie, two weeks later, I was approached with an opportunity. The opportunity was to work at live events internationally learning from marketers gurus online business owners speaking on stages and i'm like no way and they said to me yeah i was like if they go to me if you are ready we want you to get your bags packed and you've got to be in malaysia in two days i'm like what the hell i was like is this actually happening and the thing is at that time i had nothing to lose i wasn't in a job so I was like, let me just see how this goes. And I was doing that for several years after. And I traveled all over the world doing exactly this. Oh, and the number one thing that I did learn was a big eye opener is in corporate, you have bosses. In business, you have leaders. Oh, oh. And it was so funny because in the short time period, I think it was the first year of me kind of going to these live events and learning from these these entrepreneurs that I learned so much more in that one year than I did in the six years in the police force. In fact, in that one year, that's when I actually wrote my book, Hmm. Never Judge a Book by Its Cover. And what that book is really about was basically, it was an eye-opener for me to go from corporate to the business world. And all these different adversities that I had gone through were something that was, I I guess it was building thick skin. It was building character. Mm. And when you do go into the business world, you will find that you need exactly that. You need to be able to have thick skin because the amount of rejection that you get when you're first starting out is ridiculous. Mm. But you got to keep pushing. And um, I remember there was another opportunity that um, I had to fly and I moved to Bali and I lived in Bali for two years and I absolutely loved it. Um, But I flew to Costa Rica and they said to me, we want you to come to our live events, you know, manage it, sales, train the team, all this good stuff in Costa Rica for about three to four months. I'm like, freaking amazing, right? And on top of that, They said, we'll pay for your flights, we're paying for your apartment, we'll pay for food and water. And I'm like, it can't get any better than this, but it can, because then they were like, and we'll pay for your services, (laughs) right? So I'm like, it's a win-win, why the hell wouldn't I do that? So I flew over there with the intention of being there for three to four months, and um, I was there for three weeks. The company went bust. Click of a finger, I had no shelter. I had no food, I had no water. I didn't have any of my basic needs because everything 
was being paid for by this company and this company now shut down. So now I'm in this foreign country, I don't speak the language, and I'm like, how the hell am I going to get out of this situation? I also had two other people that I was working with on the team who were pulling out their hair, stressing out, so they didn't know how the hell they're going to get out of this situation now. And the really funny thing was I could not stop smiling or laughing on the inside. And you're thinking, why? Why would you be smiling or laughing in this situation? And the reason being is when you think of the Tony Robbins, the Les Browns, when they became homeless, when they were like, you know, in the, this biggest rut in their life and they had to get out of it. I'm like, well, I'm in now a similar situation and now they're millionaires. Maybe I'm on the right track, <laughs> right? And so I, I had to have a different perspective in order to get through it. And everything is about perspective. You, I could be in a corner crying my eyes out, pulling out my head, not knowing what the hell am I going to do? Or you kind of imp get empowered by the situation. You're in to figure out a solution. And as a business owner, and I say this to all my clients, right? No matter what you go through, you've got to be able to be creative, to think out of the box, to, to have solutions. Because when you're in business, there's going to be certain things that come your way that you're not even going to think of. I mean, look at the situation we're in now, the pandemic. No one saw that coming. And so many businesses have failed because they weren't able to, what's the pivot? Pivot the business, right? Now, you've got to be able to pivot and shift. Because at the end of the day, we have to adapt to the world. The world will not adapt to us. And so I had to kind of figure out, okay, what am I going to do to get myself out of this situation? The positives were I'm in a hot country by the beach, under the sun. I could sleep out on the beach, right? It could have been a cold country where I couldn't do that. But then I realized, I'm like, hold on a second. I've been around these gurus, these speakers, these, you know, these multimillionaires teaching people about marketing, sales, events. And what I decided to do was go to these different resorts, hotels that were on the beachfront and show people what I knew, what I can do for them and how I can bring leads in. And then I got my laptop out and started showing them Look at these reviews. Look how, how successful these people have been by what we can, we've been able to do for them. Would you like the same thing? Would you like me to show you how to bring more customers to your business? Guess what they all said? Well, I think majority of them would say, yeah. Yeah. Especially when they could see if they actually hired a coach to do this, it would cost them thousands of dollars. Mm -hmm. All I was asking them was to help me with my basic needs. So by doing that, I eventually was able to kind of have my basic needs met, raise a little bit of money to get my flight changed to get out of Costa Rica and go back to the UK. Hmm. Very nice. Very nice. So, I mean, in that story, I mean, there's definitely a lot of a lot of moving components. And I think that from that, it stemmed to the systems that you have in place right now. Right. So kind of what systems do you have in place when you're working with somebody? Let's say somebody walks in the door brand new. You do an evaluation. Then what's the next steps? Right. So joining my program is only application based only. OK, 
And the reason for that is because, like I said earlier, the type of coaching I give to people um, is not going to be a pat on the shoulder, a rub on the arm. It's going to be a kick up the backside. Why haven't you done this? Mm-hmm. Right? Because at the end of the day, what I'm there to do is to get the results that my clients are looking for. Now, if they're going to be giving me excuses, if they're going to be telling me why they can't do something rather than how they're going to do or figure something else out to make Mm. sure that they can do this, then you can't be on my program. Mm. I only want the people that are raw, real, and relentless in achieving their dreams rather than those that are going to be giving me excuses. Mm. And therefore... The application base only uh, helps me evaluate what kind of person they are, why they want to do this now, what have they done before, and what is going to be the motivation to keep them going on this journey. That makes sense. Definitely makes a lot of sense. So in the, in the perception of, of success, right? I mean, obviously, you just kind of told us a story that's associated to a timeline. The perception may be this, this just happened a couple of years ago. It's an overnight success story. But in reality, how long have you been on this journey? Oh, goodness. I have been on this journey since 2015. Okay. So it's been a few years. It, oh my, so there's no such thing as overnight success. Mm-hmm. I don't believe in it. And I will never tell anybody that it exists. It doesn't. I don't know anyone that's successful, an entrepreneur that has done this overnight. Mm -hmm. It takes many, many years just to build your business. And that's why I say to people, if this is what you're going to be doing, if this is what you've decided, then no matter what comes your way, you've got to keep going. You can't give up. If you're going to give up, then I'm not being funny, but go and stay and stick with your nine to five job. Okay, business isn't for you if you're going to give up on the first, second, third hurdle. Because guess what? There's going to be thousands of hurdles coming your way. Yeah, right. Definitely right. So let's let's take it back. If you can go back in time, let's say in the last 10 years or so, since you kind of coming from being a police officer and then going into to what you're doing right now, is there one time frame or one thing that you can kind of pinpoint and go back and change if you could change it and do it all over again? Do you know what? There is one thing I wish I could change. Um, And that was, I wish I knew about the entrepreneurial world a lot sooner than when I did know about it. Mm. Right. Cause, but then I guess most of my nineties was trying to, uh, sorry, my twenties was trying to find myself. Right. Cause I literally jumped in so many different jobs in my twenties and not until I hit my thirties that I was like, right. This is what I now want to do. So, I mean, in my 20s, I was a hairdresser. I, I worked with youth work, deaf, deaf kids doing sign language, right? I worked in corporate doing sales and marketing. Then I worked, um, oh, my God, doing working with the London, London, mayor of London and then switch into politics and working with Liberal Democrat and then finding out that <laughs> politics has more criminals than the prison system. Right? <laughs> so I jump from one thing to another con- constantly. And one of the things that I guess is my strength, I didn't realize at the time, but now reflecting back on it, was 
I had so many people tell me I'm living wrong. Mm-hmm. You're living wrong. You're meant to find one job, stick at it, retire, and then enjoy life. Mm-hmm. Right? And I'm like, no, there's got to be more to life than this. And so because I was constantly going against the grain, mm-hmm. people kept telling me, no, you're doing this wrong. This isn't how you're meant to live your life. You're meant to get married. You're meant to have kids. You're meant to do this. You're meant to. And I'm like, what if I don't want that? And so the more people told me that I'm living wrong, the more of a motivation it gave me to prove them wrong. I mean, I was also going down the career of being an MMA fighter, right? I love to fight. I don't know what it is, but hurting people pretty cool. Right? <laughs> right? And I don't mean that in a mean sense, but I, it, it was exciting for me, mm-hmm. right? And then learning and training how to fight and then getting ready for my first match in Thailand. Oh, that this is it. You know, this is, it's going to be huge. And I didn't even get to my first match because during training, I ended up injuring myself. My entire spine was all over the place. I was in hospital, had a dog collar on. They told me if I continue doing this, then I will end up paralyzed. So there were so many different career paths that I, I chose, but it just wasn't working out. And then I had to pivot and find something else. Hmm. Exactly what people have to do in business. Hmm. If it doesn't work out, you've got to pivot and figure it out. So I guess at that time I didn't realize it. And I was just kind of, you know, kind of killing myself, kind of thinking, why is nothing working out? What is going on? What's wrong with me? Right. But not realizing that all of these were lessons to be learned to get me ready and be pre- um, prepared to be a business owner and entrepreneur myself. Um, so the only yeah, the only thing that I wish I could change is that I wish that I learned this a lot sooner. So, I mean, that leads me to like another question. I mean, obviously, on one part of your life, you were around a lot of influential people. And it seems like the other part of your life, you probably were around influential people, but you were not necessarily listening and you were kind of searching, you were getting the wrong advice. So it kind of brings me back to like your earlier days. Uh, I think the entrepreneurial spirit has been in you and hence why you jumped around searching for things. But did you have anyone like your dad, your mom, aunts, uncles that were entrepreneurs that you may have seen them in that area of expertise growing up? Um, the only person that was an entrepreneur such was my dad, um, cause he had his own business. Um, but again, what I did see when I was growing up is that, yeah, he did have his business and he showed me how to, you know, how to work some of his business and, you know, little things and tasks and things like that to do. But guess what? Again, because he was in the fashion industry, mm-hmm. And he didn't adapt or pivot, his business went too. Mm. Right? So I saw some of it, but then I didn't see the other side of it. Mm. Right? Yeah, and just saw the bad rather than the, the good and actually being successful for a long term. Mm. So the reason why I decided that I would love to be my own boss wasn't necessarily because of my dad. The main reason was in corporate, 
for many, many years in different roles that I had, I didn't understand these managers, supervisors, these bosses, right? And every time me and these bosses were always were, were going against each other because I'm like, it doesn't make sense. Why are you telling me to do X, Y, and Z? It doesn't make any sense doing our processes because then these are the consequences. Explain that to me. They couldn't explain it. They just dictate, just do it. And in my head, I was like, no, because I need to understand the logic. If there's no logic behind it, why am I doing it? And so I'm like, I kind of went through that years and years. I was like, if I had a team, if I was managing a team, I would never do this and I'll do it this way. Right. Mm -hmm. So then I kind of was like, well, why don't I show people how to actually build a business and manage a team the right way? Right. Show your team how they're able to grow with a business. So I guess that's what I set, set out to kind of build a business to prove all these other bosses and managers that that's not how you do it. Hmm. And the funny thing is, on my entrepreneurial journey when I was doing these events, um, one of the people, two of the people that actually attended my, or one of the events I was at in London, was my two business studies teachers from college. Right. And what was so funny was that even though they were business studies teachers, they came to one of my events to learn about business. Right. Then it was almost like the penny dropped. I'm like, they taught me about business, but yet not one of them have ever, ever started or owned their own business. And that's when I started learning about how school was so upside down compared to the real business world and that when you actually finish school college or you study business or study whatever it is it doesn't actually prepare you for what the real world is actually set out for and so when I first got my mentor my coaches because I totally believe in mentoring coaches without them I wouldn't have got as far as I have done right now in such great speed and the first thing that one of my mentors actually told me was everything that you learn in school, forget it. Forget it. In the real world, in business, it doesn't work like that. Hmm. And so I'm like, so why do people spend thousands of pounds or dollars in education, learning about business, learning about whatever it is to, to be successful in life when it doesn't actually work like that in real life? You know, and so I kind of had to clear my mind and learn all over again with a blank canvas, because that's the best way to learn. There's a lot of people that I've come across where they're almost like a, a little bit of a know-it-all. Oh, no, you don't do it like this. You do it like that. Oh, no, no, that what you're saying is wrong. You've got to do it this way. But then you're like, well, hold on a second. You're telling me how I should run a business, but yet you don't have a business. Why am I going to be learning from you? There's a difference between opinion and advice. Hmm. Now, if I come to you and maybe, um, I don't know what your entire background is, but maybe if I came to you and said to you, um, I need advice on motor mechanics, right? And that's not what your profession is. And you say to me, okay, maybe you should do X, Y, and Z. Because that's not your skill or your profession, that is advice. 
I'm sorry, that is opinion. That's not advice. If I go to you um, about maybe about business, about marketing, about podcasting, right? And I say to you, essay, I want to start my own podcast. What should I do? How should I start? What system should I use? Mm. Right? And you tell me, okay, you need to do this, this, and this. That's called advice because that's what your specialized skill is. So you've got to be very careful when you're on this journey about taking advice and opinion from certain people. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely agree with that. So like just, just touching bases, I, I think you, you alluded to a couple of things. You, you talked about your dad being an, an entrepreneur. So you, you grew up in that, but you also seen his failures, right? Yes. So there was like two sides of the coin. And, and I think that's part of entrepreneurship. To your point that you said earlier, you have to fail and keep failing. And if you fail once and you give up, then you weren't cut out to be in this area of expertise. So that's failing right. is part of the journey. So yeah. part of that failure, right, is also like failing with family to a certain extent. And I think you kind of seen some of that. You probably seen some stresses that your dad was going through. Yeah. So with that, how do you currently juggle your work life with your family life? Um, well, honestly, my, it's funny because my family, my parents still don't understand what I do, <laughs> right? They still tell me, how do you make money on the internet and a phone and a laptop? Like, how does that work? Mm-hmm. And no matter how much I try to explain it to them, it doesn't make any sense, right? But what they do realize is, oh, mom wants her garden redone. All right, mom, let me get that paid for you and get it done. Mm-hmm. She's like, what, you can do that? I'm like, yeah. My brother wants a new car because he has a job up in Scotland and needs to go back and forth in a four-hour drive. So I was like, okay, mm-hmm. let me get that for you. Right. When they see that I can do these things to make life a lot easier for my family, that's when they started backing off and being like, okay, do what you got to do. Do your thing. Because clearly it's working. They don't know anyone else in the family that's doing what I'm doing and being this successful. That's definitely interesting. So, I mean, just talking about like that, okay, you was a police officer, right? And, and obviously with a police officer, like there's a regiment to that. Like it's very strict and linear to a certain extent. And then yeah. becoming a business owner kind of falls into that linear thing to where you have things and systems in place. So in your day to day, like what is your morning routines, your morning habits look like? Oh gosh. So it's funny because I do like to get up early. I'm, uh, I say early, I say about 7 a.m. But what I'm finding is that as more and more things are being added and more and more as we get bigger and bigger, there isn't enough time in the day, right, to get everything done. And now I'm like, okay, maybe I need to get to a point where I'm waking up 4 a.m. in the morning just to kind of fit everything in. Hmm. But what I would like to do, and one of the first books I read in order to get my mornings a lot more organized is Miracle Morning. I don't know if you of your audience have heard about that, but Miracle Morning. You have to read it. If it's audio or in a book, however, you have to have to read this. Now, it talks about taking time out for yourself to be able to focus, to get clarity. Because when you are in a business, there's so many things coming at you. Even with your personal life, you're going to have so many things coming your way that you've got to deal with. So make sure you always take some time out in the morning. So whether you want to meditate, right? You can do that. Journaling, 
I'm not a meditation type of person. I'm still trying to work on that. I don't understand how meditation works because I can't stop my mind from, from keep running, right? So I'm still working on that. But journaling, jot down, you know, anything that's on your mind. A lot of people get stressed out because of everything that's going in their head. They get overwhelmed. And what I have started to do um, is, or I've been doing for the last couple of years, I keep a notebook beside my bed. And if there's anything going around in my head that I'm stressing out, write it down. The minute you put pen to paper, guess what? It kind of comes out of your mind and then you're able to sleep a lot better. Because a lot of people are saying they don't sleep, they're tired because they're tired, they can't get their, their days going right, they can't get tasks done. Mm-hmm. If you put it down on pen and paper, all that stress is actually relieves your, it leaves your body um, and you're able to kind of focus. Start journaling in the morning. So start telling yourself, all right, how you're feeling. People don't like to talk about how they're feeling, right? And one of the questions I always like to ask people is not how you're doing, how you're feeling today, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So always write down how you're feeling, right? What has made you feel that way? If it's a negative feeling, how are you going to get yourself out of it? Okay. And being aware of how you feel is so, so important because that's how you're going to be starting off your day. If you're going to come up, um, waking up in a negative mood, guess what? Your whole day isn't going to work as planned. Okay. Um, make sure you drink plenty of water. I keep so much water next to me constantly. I'm sipping away all day long, all night long. You've got to make sure you keep hydrated um, and make sure you eat. Okay, people like to skip on breakfast. I have trained my body that if I don't eat breakfast, mm-hmm. I can't, I, I don't run, I don't focus, I can't, I can't get on with my day. I have to make sure I eat. And it's so funny because with everything that's going on during my day, my weeks, my months, I have to actually schedule in breakfast, lunch, and dinner in my diary. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you tend to skip meals. Because you're like, oh, let me get this done and I'll eat. Oh, no, there's something else comes up. Let me get this done and eat. And by the time you know it, a whole day's gone and you haven't eaten and you're starving. Mm. And if you're going to continue going down that route and not looking after yourself, then you will not you will not be able to serve your clients the best that you can. That's right? interesting. So, I mean, I think you brought up a good point. This is usually the part of the episode that, I mean, literally nine out of 10 people that I speak to that are successful people, they always elude when I ask that question about their morning habits, the insertion of, like you said, either meditation or some kind of workout or reading a book or journaling. So like my next question is kind of like a three-part question. I think you answered one earlier, but we're going to get more into detail of that. So the first part is, what books did you read? Like, I mean, coming from being a police officer into a full-blown executive entrepreneur and coach, like there had to be some books or audiobooks that kind of helped you transition. What books are you reading now? And then I want to talk some more about your book and how that book got into the, the Royal Library. So, um, God, there has been so many books that I've read. I've actually got boxes and boxes of books that I've read. Mm-hmm. And in fact, when I went to Bali and lived there for two years, I decided that I don't want a TV. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to have a TV, right? And I'm just going to buckle down and figure out this whole mindset entrepreneur journey. 
And in fact, because I didn't have a TV, I managed to read a book a month mm-hmm. and went through so many different books. And I remember that me being in a bookstore um, in Bali or even at an airport was the number one thing I had to do. Mm-hmm. Right. I was like, right, what's going to be the next book now? Oh God, there's been so many different books that I've read. I'm just kind of thinking through, oh God, which one was the best one? Um, Like I said, Miracle Morning was definitely a good one because I read that more than once, Mm. right? And that's really helped out with my morning routine. Um, Oh God, it's just kind of flown out of my head. The the books, I can see them, but I I can't think of the names. But what I can do, it send you the list and maybe if you want to put that in the show notes. Well, I got something better for you. I actually own a book club. So every time I ask this question, all these books from my podcast go into my book club. So right now we're reading a book per week to get to 52 books per year. So definitely. Ah, awesome. So, awesome. Yeah. So yeah, I can definitely send um, you or even, you know, your book club, a list of books that really help me. Um even change your perspective around and it's like oh my goodness like that's that's what that was for because sometimes the penny doesn't drop until you read something or you see something Mm -hmm. right you're like okay that makes sense now but I can definitely send that over to you appreciate it appreciate it so let's talk about like your book you know I was was kind of reading some information about your book and I mean it was a statement that the book got accepted into the royal library so that's like a topic that you usually don't hear about let's talk a little bit more about that Okay, so again, this was something um, that happened by accident, right? And in fact, I wrote to several different people, um, including Oprah Winfrey, Ellen DeGeneres, right? And then I thought, hmm, let me write to the Queen as well and see what happens there. And it's so funny, of all the people that I wrote to, the Queen was the only one that replied back, hmm. right? And what that was is I was just telling her, about what I've done, my journey, what I'm looking to do, mm-hmm. um, and you know the different adversities that I went through and everything. And she wrote a letter back saying, you know, acknowledging what I've done, congratulating me, and then also telling me that she has a copy of my book and is in the private royal library, which wasn't something I was expecting. And the other funny thing about that was when I wrote to all these different people. I didn't think I'd be hearing from them because I didn't actually receive that letter from the Queen until three months later down the line. Mm. And when I did get it, I thought someone was pulling the prank. <laughs> right? I was like, this is a real. I was like, and I'm looking at the paper and I'm, you know, turning it around. I'm like, this is actually real. Mm. But the, it was on royal paper. It was embossed with the royal logo, the royal mm. crown. And I'm like, okay, this is going to be real, right? Um, so when I received that letter, I was just so shocked that of all people, the queen actually replied back to me. Hmm. Wow. That's definitely interesting. And, and, and kind of, it's a little bit of like marketing ingenuity, right? Cause I think most people would think, okay, how do I market my book? How do I actually get my book out there? And they're using the traditional means, whether it's Facebook ads, whether it's Amazon ads, whether it's going through like a PR or PR agency. And for you, you kind of took it upon yourself and you was like, I'm going after the big wigs. I'm going to send them a letter with the book and then let fate take over at that point in time. And I think you got the results 
at least one out of the three results that you were potentially maybe hoping for or yeah. maybe just shooting in the dark. And then when it happened, it was kind of like this, this is something that I now I can utilize and step and repeat and market with any other book that I have moving forward, which is definitely a great journey. Yeah, and, and I mean, the main thing is that you hear loads of people say that they're, you know, the number one bestseller, but you never, ever hear anyone saying they've got a book in the private royal library. So, again, that on a marketing point of view, it makes you stand out and unique and different compared to anyone else in the industry. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So let's talk about words of wisdom. I mean, obviously you're coming from like, a, I would say I, I, I sit in the middle between 50% creative, 50% analytical. And it's like, you're coming from like being a cop and then you're becoming more of an executive coach. You have a lot of creativity in the way you're monetizing things. Prime example, your story about being on the beach and trying to figure out how do I get capital to get out of this country? And you went door to door, not into people's houses, but you went hotel to hotel and came up with a strategy that became fruitful. So if I am I'm an entrepreneur and I'm stepping into the space and I'm looking at an international market. What would you tell me to help me to continue on my journey? Um, first of all, if you want to go international, um, I always tell people, you know, if you're going to do anything, then go big. Hmm. But what you need to realize is that you can't just go big the next day. Decide that you're going to start a company today and then expect to be uh, you know, international the following day, right? It takes steps to get there. First of all, find out, see, uh, figure out how you're going to be successfully locally, nationally, right? And then as your business grows, you will start growing, you will start becoming international. People, you know, apart from in one country or whatever state you're in will actually hear about you, right? That all happens gradually, and so take it step by step and take it one at one at a time and realize that any little wins that you have each day is exactly that is a win and you're moving forward if you're gonna be one of those people that needs to ha make it happen right now and it doesn't you're gonna quit then go and get a nine to five job because when you're do, you know learning business growing a business you're in it for the long term Nice. And nice. any business owner, entrepreneur can tell you that it doesn't happen overnight and it does take years for you to grow internationally and to be well-known. Hmm. Definitely. definitely. Definitely insightful. I definitely appreciate that. So, I mean, how could people get in contact with you? Do you have any, like, online offers? Like, what's your social media profiles? Oh, my gosh. So, what I would love to do, SA, is give your audience a gift, if that's okay. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so I have a gift and it's called Bu um, Busy Versus Productivity, mm -hmm. right? And what I have found with people, especially right now with, you know, COVID and the pandemic going on right now, people are so stressed out. They can't get clear. They can't get focused on what they want to do. You know, they want to do so many different things. They're telling me they don't have the time to do it. So what I have created is this worksheet and a video for people where I actually explain to them how to achieve their short-term and long-term goals, right? Explain them how to break down the steps and what they need to do each day, each week, each month in order to reach those goals. And what people can do if they go to my website, www.uncensoredsociety.com and sign up there, they'll be able to get the video and the worksheets to help them go through that. Um, also, I do have a Facebook group that will actually give them more guidance, more training, more support. 
Um, and that will be, again, Uncensored Society um, group on Facebook. Um, once you actually download the worksheets and the video, you'll get a button underneath that will actually take you to my Facebook. Um, and you can, yeah, go on there. If you've got any questions, any queries, then I'd be happy to answer them. Our team will be there too. Nice, nice, nice. So let's, let's go into some bonus questions, right? Outside of your family, what is the most significant achievement to date? My significant achievement. Oh, wow. Okay, so I guess my biggest, biggest achievement is working with this company where they were already making a million dollars a year. Mm -hmm. They hired me, right, to say that he wants to make even more. He wants to scale up even more. And he goes, I need you to come into my business, do the tweaks, the changes, the policy, whatever it is that I need to do to make him more money. Mm. And so I, he gave me kind of a blank canvas and kind of I said to him, what does more money mean to you? Yeah. And he just said to me, just more. More than what I'm getting right now. Hmm. So I went in, and this was in Australia, um, completely rearranged the team, hired new more people, put new policies down. And I said to him, this is again, it's not gonna happen overnight, but because he's an entrepreneur, he understands this, mm -hmm. right? He's already making a million dollars. So it's not a small company where, you know, making the first hundred thousand, two hundred thousand is easier than actually having a company that's making a million dollars and wants to scale up. Mm -hmm. Right. So we implemented more events, um, different cities, different countries, um, trained up the team. And it's funny because the biggest, the biggest disadvantage here was the team that were already there were very stuck in the mindset that we're doing this. Why do we have to change? You know, we're like a little family. Why can't we continue a little family? Well, if you're going to have this business and treat it like a family business, then there's no way the company can grow, right? So it was also trying to train the team on how to shift their mindset, the perception, because as the, guess what? The company grows, the more their pockets will be filled, right? Um, and so it was all of that training too. And so in the first four months of me doing all these changes with a company, he made his first million dollars. Oh, nice. By the end of the year, he tripled his, his revenue. Nice. nice. So that to me was a big deal because he put all his faith into me to completely change his entire organization around to make, to make him more money, to make it work. But it wasn't just about him. It was about the teams, the individuals, the people who were hiring, the people who were training that also needed to understand the changes. Yeah, definitely. It's a solid answer. So my next bonus question for you. If you could spend 24 hours with anyone, dead or alive, uninterrupted for those 24 hours, who would it be and why? Oh, my God, it'd be Grant Cardone. <laughs> 10X, 10X, 10X. <laughs> yes, I love Grant Cardone. And do you know what? I've known about him for many, many years, mm. but it's not until recently, right? And my mentor actually told me this. He, he got me to watch Undercover Millionaire mm. 
on Discovery Channel. If you haven't watched it, if your audience haven't watched it, oh my God, go and watch it. And what really got me here was there was these three entrepreneurs. I don't know if you've seen it. Three entrepreneurs. One of them was Grant Cardone. You know, they're already multimillionaires, billionaires, um, have several businesses. They were given a different identity. They were um, thrown in a town that nobody knows them with just a truck, a phone with no contacts. They don't have their network and $100. And they were told that with the $100, they've got to build a million-dollar company in 90 days. Mm. and seeing Grant Cardone and these other two entrepreneurs who are female hustling mm. right getting to know the community you know and building this company out of nothing and in 90 days the the goal was to make a million dollars Grant Cardone created this company out of a hundred dollars not knowing anyone not doing anything and it was evaluated at 5.5 million nice right and when i saw that because you see the emotional turmoil that each of them go through that every entrepreneur business owner goes through right but you got to keep pushing and and once i watched this and like i was on it every week i was watching it every week um i was like i need to meet this man because when he started building his team it was funny his team hated him they absolutely hated him right but he realized this he was aware of this and he corrected it and it's only because he's like proper go 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 let's do this let's make it happen you know and pushing and pushing and pushing right but all that pushing all that kind of the stress the headache and you know build a team and communicating with his team and making sure his team all of that he ended up going way, way beyond his target goal of a million dollars and made, mm-hmm. created a $5.5 million company. Nice. Okay, nice. I mean, yeah, Grant is definitely a legend and he's well on his way to becoming a billionaire. So, I mean, he's past the halfway mark at this point. So I definitely, right. I could definitely see Grant Cardone. I mean, he's a beast. He's a monster by all, by all means. Yeah. So going into closing, I mean, obviously I think we had talked about, you know, you starting to create your own podcast and, and, and working into, in, into that market space as well. So I always give whoever I'm interviewing an opportunity to take the microphone and to interview me, ask me any question that you may like. The floor is yours. Oh, awesome. Okay. So I am thinking about creating or starting my own podcast. Mm-hmm. I haven't decided when I'm going to launch it yet. Still trying to figure a few things out. But um, you're you're very well known in the podcast industry. Like you've done many of these things. Um, what is one of the things um, as a startup podcast host that I should be aware of that many people don't really talk about? I think it's it's so many different moving pieces and components to to, to create this puzzle, right? But I would say something that most people don't really put time and effort into is the branding right? Kind of establish a brand based upon your target audience. Like example, my brand talks to business owners and entrepreneurs just by the keyword of having boss in there. And then the iconography kind of supports it and it leaves room for multiple interpretations. It's an arrow. It's a person. It's talking about me. It's talking about exploding out the cage. I hear every version of it, but the goal when I created created this logo is exactly that. I want people to be able to give me their interpretations of it because we can talk about it and then that becomes a lead magnet or a gateway for me to talk to them directly about them and what they're trying to do. 
So for you, obviously you have a brand that's uncensored. You just have to figure out like, how do you take that uncensored brand and target that audience? Are you an uncensored boss? Are you an uncensored entrepreneur? Are you an uncensored executive? And make sure that keyword of your target audience is in there and make something visual that you can put to that target audience. That's the first thing before you even get into podcasting is something that needs to be established. Okay. Um, I've got another question for you. Thank you for that. I'll definitely have to look into that a little bit more. Um, what got you into business? It's one of those things. I mean, at first, I didn't realize that I was 50% creative, 50% analytical. Uh, you know, I did graffiti back in Brooklyn as a kid. I've always had like a sketchbook. I was always drawing. Then when I, you know, I was like, I got kidnapped by my parents, came to Atlanta and graduated from high school. And they were like, hey, oh, here's art school. Went into art school and I was like, oh my God, I love this. I love the creativity. I love the technology. But something was always missing for me. And it was like, I'm creative, but there's something else calling me. And then I went into more technical. I became more of a web developer, a web designer, more code and more multimedia and video and audio. And I'm like, oh, this is cool too. But something's still missing. Mm -hmm. And so then on that journey, I started getting into the entrepreneurial spirit. And I started hopping from industry to industry. Got a Series 6, got an insurance license, became a travel agent, and just kept hopping around and learning all these multiple different principles. And that's when I was like, aha. I am. I should have went to school for an MBA because I'm really more of a business person that has creative tendencies. Right. Okay. And my last question to you is: If I could do one thing for you or your business, what could that be? I think one thing right now, with in my next phase of my business, is that I am starting to develop and create, as we speak right now, a Boston Cage Academy. So in that academy, it's segmented based upon principles of my target audience, which is authors, podcasters, entrepreneurs, course creators. And there's a multiple different overlaps within these structures. And an example of that is like, if you're an author, right, then I would say author should have a podcast because you have more than enough content to talk about or to interview someone or vice versa. If you have a podcast, then why not take all your podcast episodes, transcribe them and make them into books. So like for me, it's, what you can do to kind of help me in that space is maybe put me in front of people that I could essentially interview that may need some of these services more so on the academy. So you can kind of help them on your executive side and I can help them execute on the back end side. Okay. Um, that would definitely be a conversation I would like to have with you a bit further to kind of dip into that a bit more, but yeah, we can definitely look into that. That's not a problem at all. Great, great, great. Well, I definitely appreciate you taking time out your day. I think you guys are, what, six hours ahead of us right now? Um, yeah. Well, it's 2.30 p.m. at the moment. Gotcha, and it's 9.30 a.m. on the East Coast. So, oh, yeah, so okay. it's within that time frame. So I definitely appreciate you taking time out in the middle of your day to kind of get on this podcast. I think you gave a lot of insight, a lot of detail, a lot of passion, a lot of who you are, and just having such an interesting journey from being a police officer to being like an online executive coach that has their own brand and their own system in place. It's like a night and day difference. So I definitely appreciate right. that. Well, thank you for having me here on your show and your podcast. I really appreciate it. Um, and I look forward to speaking to you a bit further down the line. Definitely. S.A. Grant, over and out. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Boss Uncaged. I hope you got some helpful insight and clarity to the diverse approach on your journey to becoming an Uncaged Trailblazer. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, and share the podcast. 
If this podcast has helped you or you have any additional questions, reach out and let me know. Email me at ask at sagrant.com or drop me your thoughts via a call or text at 762-233-BOSS. That's 762-233-2677. I would love to hear from you. Remember, to become a boss in cage, you have to release your inner beast. S.A. Grant, signing off. Listeners of Boss on Cage are invited to download a free copy of our host, S.A. Grant's insightful ebook, Become an Uncaged Trailblazer. Learn how to release your primal success in 15 minutes a day. Download now at www.bossuncaged.com forward slash free book.